Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. Support also comes from Grandma's Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, February 14th. Coming up, we'll hear from Missouri Senator Denny Hoskins, who talks about what it means to be part of the self-styled conservative caucus. You know, we are a group of senators that decided to join together to go through and support many of what the Missouri Republican platform is, and and whether that's pro-Second Amendment rights, whether that's pro-life, whether that's Um, you know, trying to pass a 7-1 map and and things like that. We'll talk about this year's intra-Republican struggle for control of the legislative agenda. But first, our regular Monday roundup of state government news on both sides of the state line. And we start in Kansas, where the Republican leader of the Kansas Senate has ordered a controversial COVID-19 drug bill back to committee. As Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service reports, the move is seen as part of a broader effort to discipline some senators who broke GOP ranks. The bill, championed by Republican Senator Mark Steffen, a Hutchinson anesthesiologist, would stop the Kansas Medical Board from investigating doctors who prescribed unapproved drugs to treat COVID-19. It moved out of committee just before Republicans succeeded in their second try to override Governor Laura Kelly's veto of a congressional redistricting plan. Steffen was one of two GOP senators who flipped from opposing to supporting the override. In a recent interview on KCMO Talk Radio, Stefan confirmed speculation that his vote switch and the sudden progress of his bill were connected. Sometimes that's the way politics works. In addition to ordering Stefan's bill back to committee, Republican Senate President Ty Masterson stripped him and two other senators of their leadership posts. Masterson says the changes were needed to maintain party unity. Kansas Attorney General Derek Schmidt is asking the state legislature to ban local municipalities from loosening enforcement of immigration laws. As Blaze Mesa of the Kansas News Service reports, Schmidt's comments came after Wyandotte County passed an ordinance on Thursday on immigration enforcement. The ordinance blocks local police from enforcing immigration laws or working with federal immigration agencies, unless there's a danger to public safety. Wyandotte County officials hope it will encourage people who are undocumented to report crimes because they won't fear local police questioning their immigration status. Schmidt says state lawmakers should specifically block these types of ordinances because it creates a patchwork of immigration laws in Kansas. He says local governments should not be able to choose which laws they want to enforce. Meanwhile, on the Missouri side, the House finally took up Governor Mike Parson's supplemental budget proposal last week, including his call for increasing the minimum wage for state workers to $15 an hour. But that didn't happen. Instead, the $4.6 billion spending bill set a $12 per hour floor for workers in most departments, even as that did give state workers a 5.5% wage increase. Democrats like St. Louis Representative Peter Meredith joined the Republican governor in condemning that lower number. It's just a shame that the members of his own party aren't willing to stand beside him as they did when he announced this uh, and stand behind the workers of the state and show them the support they need to, to get the job done. The bill also covers the cost of expanded eligibility for Medicaid and $3 billion in federal COVID-19 funds designated for schools. That proposal now heads over to the Senate, where, well, nothing has happened since the start of the legislative session, except for one thing, debate on a congressional redistricting map. 
An intra-party conflict among Senate Republicans has exploded into angry recriminations both on and off the Senate floor, including an epic 36-hour session last week from Monday evening to after midnight Wednesday morning. The conflict is roiling a party which has supermajority control of both legislative chambers, as well as the governor's mansion, and across the divide from the Senate's Republican leadership is a group of eight of their GOP colleagues who call themselves the Conservative Caucus. Senator Denny Hoskins is one of them. He's from Warrensburg, and he represents eight counties just east of the Kansas City metro. I spoke with him about redistricting and about how the turmoil among Republicans is affecting this year's session. Senator, thanks so much for being with us. Yes, thanks for having me today. So I do want to start with the redistricting debate that's been going on uh, all the past week in the Missouri Senate. Missouri statewide elections in recent years have gone roughly 56 or 57 percent Republican, 40 percent Democratic. Uh, Some have said that suggests that the congressional delegation should be split maybe five Republicans to three Democrats. Uh, Most of your Republican colleagues have been pushing for a six Republican, two Democrat map. But you and the other seven members of the Senate Conservative Caucus have been pushing for a 7-1 map. Help the listener understand, how is that the right or good way for the GOP to to divide up the state's congressional delegation? Well, make make no mistake, obviously, the grand prize is taking back control of the U.S. House of Representatives. You know, currently Nancy Pelosi is Speaker of the House uh, because the Democrats control uh, the House and have more members uh, by about a handful over the Republicans. So when we look at Missouri, uh, Missouri has been a, a what we call 6-2 right now, six Republicans, two Democrats. When we talk about drawing congressional lines, which happens every 10 years based on the census, I mean, this is all, this is very much hardball. So we look at some of the blue states, such as Illinois. What Illinois did is, is they eliminated, uh, as part of their congressional redistricting, they eliminated two Republican seats and added one Democrat seat. So they went from 12 Democrats and five Republicans to 13 Democrats and three Republican seats. We look at Maryland, um, they went from a, they, they went to a seven Democrat, one Republican map. And so when we look across all the United States, because all these congressmen and congresswomen are the ones that will decide who will be the next Speaker of the House, whether that will continue to be Nancy Pelosi, or uh, if the Republicans take over, someone on the Republican side. So, you know, we can talk about Missouri, but when we look at and most certainly that's what, what we're focused on, but we have to play hardball too in, yeah. in Missouri. And, and I think more and more the state of Missouri has become much more a red state. And so I've been pushing toward a, a seven Republican, uh, one Democrat map. So what I hear you saying is that because states like Illinois and Maryland went, played hardball and Democrats got themselves overrepresented in those states, Missouri should do the same thing on the Republican side. Is that is it sort of a two wrongs yes. make a right yes. sort of argument? <laughs> or maybe it's not like wrong, that. but I, I mean, this maybe this is how it works is what you're saying. Right. This, this is how it, how it works. I mean, you know, we, we had, I think, Connecticut just passed a five Democrat, zero Republican map. And over in Kansas, their Democrat Governor Kelly vetoed that more Republican map. However, the Senate did vote to override that. And um, I, I don't know if the House has taken a vote on that override. They, that they, they have. And so it's probably headed to the courts to, uh, to resolve that one. Okay. Uh, Let me shift gears away from redistricting. You are part of this group that calls itself the Conservative Caucus. Uh, But of course, the entire Republican caucus considers itself conservative, and they've said so. Uh, Is there a more precise way to describe your group's views relative to uh, the rest of your Republican colleagues? Well, I'm not saying, you know, obviously, you know, we are a group of senators that decided to join together to go through and support many of what the Missouri Party 
Republican platform is. And, and whether that's pro-Second Amendment rights, whether it's pro-life, um, whether that's um, you know trying to pass a 7-1 map and, and things like that, all those things are in the Missouri Republican Party platform. Now to say that someone's not conservative because they're not in the conservative caucus, uh, by that's that's not what I'm saying at all. You know, we have other senators that join with us on on different issues, and, and whether, like I said, whether that's pro-life issues, whether that's pro-Second Amendment issues, and things like that. But as a as a Republican, when we go out on the campaign trail, we, we always say, "Hey, I'm, I'm for lower taxes. I want to keep your taxes low." Yet some of my colleagues voted to for a gas tax increase. We always say, "Hey, leave us alone. Don't we don't want government being a big brother and looking our, over our shoulder." But some of my uh, Republican colleagues voted for uh, a government database to track your personal private prescriptions and keep those in a, a database for government to see. So some of us say, hey, we would like to defund Planned Parenthood, and we don't believe that uh, Planned Parenthood should be in this state. Yet we had some of our colleagues that when we tried to do that, voted against that. Uh, we've had, you know, out on the campaign trail here lots of times, well, those that are on welfare or yeah. temporary assistance for needy families. They should have some work, work requirements. They should have some skin in the game. Yet some of my Republican colleagues have voted against that as well. So you, uh, we really try to just hold each other, you know, accountable. And, and you know, although the Missouri Party Republican platform is not the Bible, but it is a good guide for what we try to live by. You obviously have had a, a, a fair amount of conflict between the, the conservative caucus and the leadership of the, of the Republican caucus in the Senate. Do you worry about the impact that that division in the party is having? Are you are you concerned that this is going to uh, keep the whole agenda from being moved forward? Will will Republican leaders have to reach out to Democrats if they want to get something done? You know, I mean, even us in the conservative caucus, we we reach out to Democrats. And, and I, I respect uh, whether you're Democrat, Republican, male, female, any anyone in in the Missouri State Senate. And, and most certainly I work with some of my Democrat colleagues on issues that are important to them. Um, I work with other Republican senators on issues that are important to them as well. Unfortunately, on this uh, redistricting process, uh, we just don't we just don't see eye to eye. I want to give you a chance to respond to some things that were said this past yes. week uh, during the the debate on redistricting. There was a point on Wednesday when the women of the Senate uh, held the floor for a couple of hours and said some pretty strong things about the conservative caucus, uh, including a lot of the Republican women senators. Some of the words they used were that it was self-serving, uh, that, that the actions of your conservative colleagues were petty. They said it was for personal political gain. That has to sting a little bit. I, I guess I, I'm curious what your response is to that. Well, unfortunately, I am not running for Congress, so I don't have anything to gain uh, from drawing these maps. Other Though than some of your colleagues I, might be in the future. They, they, they might be. I, I mean, I, I don't know everybody's personal ambitions here in the, in the Missouri State Senate. But what I can say is I'm fighting for my district. I'm fighting to keep those bases in the same congressional district. I'm fighting for a more conservative map. And the over the thousand emails, phone calls, uh, that I've received. They've had rallies here supporting a 7-1 map. They've had rallies here. The Whiteman Area Leadership Council has issued a letter, which is community leaders around the Whiteman Air Force Base saying that they want to continue to be with Fort Leonard Wood. So as far as personal ambition, I, I, have, I don't have any personal agenda or personal ambition than doing what I think is best for uh, my constituents, uh, Whiteman Air Force Base, uh, the 4th Congressional District, and so, you know, that's all, that's all I can say to that. What's the what's the end game for for you and your colleagues in the conservative caucus? And I don't really just mean with redistricting. You know, only the one bill has come to the floor. Uh, it does not appear that things are moving with any sort of uh, 
efficiency, let's say. What's the outcome you desire? I'm a conservative. I'm 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 proud to say I'm the conservative. My constituents in the 21st senatorial district are conservative. Are there other things that I'd like to work on? Yes. Uh, education, uh, critical race theory, banning that from schools, uh, anti uh, mandates, you know, legislation, things like that. You know, when we look at this redistricting bill, though, the House actually, this is a House bill. So the time period between when this House bill was filed on December 30th to when it was passed out of the House on January 19th was 21 days. From the 19th until today has been 23 days. So when people say, well, the Senate's just holding on to this, on to this redistricting, bi redistricting bill and, and they've had it for so long, actually we've had it two more days now than that House had it. So, you know, my prediction is that we will get something done as far as redistricting goes. You know, I'm hopeful that we will have a, a good session. You know, two years ago when we had session in 2020, we were out actually out six weeks of session because of COVID and the pandemic. And we still came back to pass a lot of priorities. So uh, we've had one week this past week where we've uh, some of us have taken up the torch and said that, hey, we want to see some different things in this redistricting bill. And so we have a lot of time left in session. And uh, my prediction is that we will have, we will, in the end, when session ends in mid-May, we will accomplish a lot of things. So the last question I want to ask you, when you and I spoke a few years ago, it was uh, just after you had had kind of a run-in with then-Governor Eric Greitens, uh, yep. who had sort of called you into an office and stared you in the eye and said, told you how you were going to vote on on something. And it was sort right. of this, uh, this kind of bare-knuckle politics moment that uh, I think you kind of expressed at the time that wasn't the way you really thought things should operate. Do you feel like politics in Missouri are moving the right direction now, or are things getting uh, are things getting worse? I, I think politics are actually in in Missouri. When we compare Missouri to Washington D.C. and uh, D.C. politics and and other states, I think we are moving in the right direction. Missouri has become a more and more what I what I consider a conservative red state, and uh, for some of my colleagues, even in my in the same party, uh, they're they're finding out that their constituents have moved in a more conservative direction and expect uh, more conservative votes out of them. And so, you know, in the end, I think you know, we will get a lot accomplished this session. I think that um, as they realize more and more, the constituents have become uh, more conservative and, you know, expect them to vote that way. Senator Denny Hoskins, Republican from Warrensburg, uh, thanks so much for taking time. Yes, thank you, Brian. This is Kansas City Today. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more coverage of Missouri and Kansas government and politics, visit kcur.org, where you can also hear a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. Nomeen Ujiadeen returns tomorrow. I'm Brian Ellison. Thanks for listening.